What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Ben here for take four. I've been messing up this intro for some reason. I got the jitters today. I think it's the block height jitters. I think you're stressed because I'm traveling later today. Yeah, this is true. I'm stressed because Matt's traveling. We're at block height uh, 603,777. We got the lucky sevens. We got the lucky sevens. I should be able to do this. Okay, the current price, according to the TFTC.io ticker, is waiting, waiting, uh, DJ listened to uh, the podcast last week and did speed up the ticker, so we're not going to have to wait as long as we did last week. I fucking love that. Um, yeah, this is how we do stand-up here, stand-up meetings here at Tales from the Crypt. We just scream at our developer from our podcast to uh, make tweaks. TJ, thank you for listening. Uh, current price is $8,643.39. Again, the block height, 603777 uh, Current hash rate is 110 exahash. And we're rolling here. We got a week of bullish news, a lot to talk about. Um, first, before we get started, this episode of Tales from the Crypt is brought to you by the Cash App. You freaks already know all about them. They started Cash App investing recently. I actually just got access to the stocks yesterday. Uh, and so if you want to buy a sliver, what do we, a sliver of a share. There you go, sliver of a share. We're stacking slivers of shares in the Seychelles. <laughs> um, so you can invest if you, if you don't. Uh, have enough money to buy a whole stock of your favorite company, buy a sliver of a share using the cash app. You can buy as little as a dollar. Um, and then on top of that, they still have their Bitcoin buying, obviously. So you can stack sats with the cash app. You can send sats to a personal wallet from personal wallet uh, to the app and uh, all that cool stuff. The boost program as well. Go shop at your favorite merchants uh, with the boost on. You're going to save money. Use the code stacking sats. Uh, you're going to get $10 off and $10 is going to go to Owls Lacrosse. Woohoo! Owls, owls lacrosse, not that dirty, dirty, dirty Al, Al, A-L. He's, he's a scammer, all right? I got to warn you freaks about the scammer. He's saying that he was my, my lacrosse coach growing up. That's not true at all. Uh, Al was actually the creepy dude in the parking lot that our coaches called Uncle Bad Touch and told us to stay away from. So he's been, he's been, he's been, uh, excommunicated, not excommunicated. He's just, he's been stalking. All right. He's been, he's, he's known in the neighborhood as a, as a bad actor. All right. Well, shout out to Al. I fucking love it. So. I, know, I did too. Um, yeah. Al. All right. Keep an eye on you. All right. That use the code stacking sats to help out Al's lacrosse, an incredible charity near and dear to our hearts. All right. Hand to God. It's an incredible charity. This episode is also brought to you by Unchained Capital. Unchained just dropped some great news today with their uh, open sourcing their caravan project. Uh, this is uh, one of the few badass projects that they're open source projects, excuse me, that they're working for, uh, working on in Bitcoin, uh, including uh, other projects are like Slip39, uh, Hermit, and then they have their Vault program on top of that. If you want to engage in a multi-sig setup with Unchained, they're there uh, to be uh a quorum in your multi-sig setup so you can uh, tap them on the shoulder say hey i want to move some funds from my vaults to this address they're there for you you can also move the funds by yourself at any time and again they're open sourcing their solution so if you don't want unchained in the mix you can use their 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 tech by yourself um, we're going to talk a lot about caravan going forward on top of that they had the loan side if you're ever in a pinch and you're thinking about selling your bitcoin we are friends with bitcoiners we do not let our bitcoiner friends sell bitcoin so Unchain is uh, giving you the ability to use your Bitcoin as a collateral for U.S. dollar loans. Uh, you can set that up in a multi-sig setup where you'll have one key and uh, your funds will never be rehypothecated. Um, and you can always, again, uh, you have a key to move those funds. Um, so 
Check out Unchained at unchained-capital.com. This episode of Tales from the Crypts also brought to you by our friends at Casa, dropping great shit as well. Um, again, another great multi-sig setup. Like, are you guys thinking about this? This is something that you should be thinking about. You yourself are your biggest danger when it comes to custodying your Bitcoin. Are you comfortable with your setup? Casa is also here to help you um, do this. No KYC, no altcoins, uh, 100% Bitcoin. And it, they have different packages. So depending on how much Bitcoin you're looking to hold with them, uh, you can get uh, into different tiers, gold, diamond, platinum, diamond, platinum, get 24 VIP service, 24-7 VIP service, excuse me. You get a dedicated client advisor, custom onboarding, an OPSEC plan. And if you want to check them out, you can email them directly at membership at team.casa. Email them, say, hey, I want to learn more about your product. They'll walk you through the product you ask them about. Uh, the, your hardest offset questions, they'll answer those. They want you to really get comfortable with the product before you engage with it. So reach out to them at membership at team.casa. If you just want to check out the deep breaths, got to breathe during this, got to breathe during this. If you just want to check out the multi-sig uh, setups they have, go to uh, keys.casa slash keymaster. And if you uh, are going to use their services, use the code TFTC to get up to $250 off. Well done. I don't envy you. No. Al, if I hear you saying shit after that ad read, I don't know what I'm going to do. We got a big week. Let's talk about, um, you want to start with the cold card. Yeah. If as, you guys, we're big cold card fans here, but pumping it, uh, make sure you upgrade your firmware. As is tradition, we like to front load uh, security vulnerabilities and disclosures. Um, this week, uh, it came to our attention, uh, Shift Crypto. Uh, the makers of the BitBox and upcoming BitBase uh, found a vulnerability in the cold card wallet. They responsibly disclosed it to the cold card team who fixed it in the uh, two firmware updates ago. Um, and so we, we linked the firmware, we linked the disclosure. Basically, the idea here with this vulnerability is that if an attacker has your pub key, which uh, you... You move by SD card. It, it affects the SD card sends if you're sending using your SD card with partially signed Bitcoin transactions. Um, if an attacker has your pub, public key and they have, so they have your XPUB and then they are able to intercept the partially signed Bitcoin transaction, they can modify it so the change address goes to a different derivation path. And you have to jump forward to go check in and stuff like that. But they can do like such an obscure derivation path that it'd be very difficult for you to ever find where it is, even though you still have the private keys for those funds. And presumably the monetization here would be, then they could ransom what that derivation path is to you. So they could be like, if you want to get those Bitcoin, you have to pay us 10% and we'll tell you what the derivation path is. So the fix that was implemented here is basically just to heavily restrict the approved derivation paths that can be chosen. And if it's outside of those paths, the cold card now shows you a warning. Yeah. Very, it it's, highlights the the very nuanced uh, nature of Bitcoin and the intricate ways in which your Bitcoin can get attacked. And the nascency of the space in general. Yeah. Um, and it's just really good to see, this is one of the, the benefits of open source. Um, and, and it's really good to see responsible disclosures like this. Um, yeah. And it, it's, it's just, it's an, it's another reminder as well is that you really need to keep that XPUB safe. Um, the not only for security reasons, but for privacy reasons, right? So 
if you're if you're putting an XPub on a computer that's connected to the internet, you should pretty much operate under the assumption that someone can access that, right? So you have to be very careful. Uh, and if someone does have access to that, they can see all your addresses, uh, both past and future. So, yeah, um, beware, be aware. Update your cold card to uh, not the latest. Well, the latest what? firmware is recommended. Um, make sure you're at least past version. I think it's 3.0.2, I want to say, off the top of my head. Matt's looking that up. No, so this is a... Yeah, 3.0.2. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the cold card, right? Because you can do all this stuff offline. Um, Right, you just, you download download the firmware, uh, drag it to an SD card, put it on your cold card. Your cold card will verify that the signature matches up, um, and then it will install the, the firmware upgrade. Um, so be aware, go update your firmware if you're using cold card and then, um, check out caravan. Really cool thing that we, we, this is fucking dope. We, uh, we teased it in the, in the ad read, but unchained friends and unchained dropped a uh, caravan, which is a multi-signature cold, uh, storage, uh, excuse me. Um, it's it, multi-sig GUI yeah, that you a, can run with your own node. Um, or you can use it with blockstream.info's node if you don't have your own node, but obviously it's better to use it with your own node um, and your own hardware wallets. And one of the beauties here is uh, one of the issues, we, we love uh, the teams at Casa and Unchained, and they offer very user-friendly po- products, but one of the advantages of their product offerings is that they offer a cosigner. They, they act as a cosigner, and that means they know your balances, they know, they know your transactions, right? So b- by using Caravan... Um, you're able to do a multi-sig setup relatively easily without any third party knowing your balance. And one of the nice other advantages here is that we've discussed previously how it's possible there's a, there's a small attack vector with Unchained and other websites that if they show you a receive address, you don't know if it's been manipulated. And you can verify that, but it's always been more difficult to verify. Now with Caravan, you'll be able to verify it uh, offline if you, if you, you know, so you can confirm that the address that's shown on screen is the correct address. Yeah. So this is their, uh, in-house app that they built for themselves that they're open sourcing. It's technically called like a dedicated multi-sig coordinator and it's made it very easy to sort of plug and play. And, and, uh, the, there's a video in the blog post that we'll link to that walks walks you through everything, but the video is sexy. Yeah. It looks like the interface is really nice and easy to use. I got to play around with it this week. It's been it's been tight. Yeah, shout out to the team at Unchained. It seems like they collabed with a uh, with a few people as well, uh, including Bitstein. Um, I think uh, who else? I was looking for Drew. Shout out. I can't find it, but a bunch of people helped out. And it's the the cool thing about Bitcoin, like these companies working. Uh, to help you secure and building companies on top of Bitcoin, the incentive is there to make this stuff better. So that even though these companies have financial incentives to um, get customers using their in-house stuff, the, the fact that they're open sourcing it is incredible. So. Yeah, they're growing the pie. They're making Bitcoin, you know, easier to use and more secure. And I just want to say that I, f- I really feel like this is going to be the year of multi-sig, and I'm really excited for it. Um, a lot of these issues we see that pertain to individual hardware wallets. Uh, can be mitigated substantially if you combine them all into a multi-sig setup. 
the main issue there is it's really hard to set up a multi-sig securely. So this is a major step in the right direction. And then we have other stuff like Junction, Spectre coming out, which would make it even easier. So I'm yeah. pretty excited. Yeah, what I was being dead ass serious when I said I think this is the most bullish week in Bitcoin in a while. Like so going in that same vein of if you are building a business on Bitcoin, you have an incentive to make Bitcoin stronger and uh, contribute to the feedback loop. Uh, it's a team that's been doing that since 2010. When did Slush launch? 2010 or 2011? The first mining pool. Yeah, their very first mining pool, uh, Slush Pool, announced today uh, Stratum V2, uh, the initial specs. And this is something we've been talking about for a while. Uh, it's a, They work with Matt Corallo for this. It's similar to BetterHash, but different. Uh, same concept. It's a, it's a mining pool protocol um, that big mining operations can use to connect to Slush. And now they have the ability to decide how block templates are created, uh, individual, individual yeah. miners. So it makes pool mining more like individual mining uh, from a block, block template perspective. Yeah, instead of, well, the first time the freaks heard about Better Hash was like episode 31 or something yeah. in Macarala. So that was right in the early days of TFTC too. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically the, the, the concept here is right now mining pool operators, um, you know, we have a handful of mining pools and there's a handful of mining pool operators that operate those pools. And miners are sending their work to those pools, but they don't. The, the individual miners don't get to choose which transactions go in a block. So it gives the pool operators this power over them. Um, that basically the only way the mining operators can veto how the pool operators work is to leave the pool and go somewhere else. So with this, with Stratum V2, um, the actual miners will be able to choose which transactions go in the block, which was the main idea behind BetterHash. But but Stratum V2, they made a key distinction where there was an attack vector with how BetterHash was set up in that um, the individual miners might choose like invalid transactions. So in this case, the miners are sending a block template to like a preliminary block template to the pool operator ahead of time as soon as they start mining the block. And then the pool operator can asynchronous, they can just check all the different block templates at will whenever they want uh, to, to confirm that the miners are actually working on valid, valid work. Yeah, that was when I sat down with Jan and Pavel um, uh, in, at, during consensus earlier this year. That's, that's what they said. Their biggest worry was that uh, individual miners would not uh, fine-tune for fee collection in particular. So you could have individual miners in a better hash-like setup. Uh, basically, you, again, uh, invalid transactions is one attack or just not uh, be efficient in the fee accumulation that could be altruistic and trying to um, to contribute to the pool and get as many fees as possible, but not, not uh, great at it. And I think Stratum V2 solves that problem as well. Right, yeah. So like the first idea was they were going to just send the block template and the block template had to be approved before the miner could start mining. But that would put too much burden on both the pool operator's uh, internet connection and uh, it would delay the miners from starting to mine so it wouldn't be competitive. So now the way they have it set up is that this this block template uh, can be approved at will over time. And basically it's it's more of a soft punitive measure and, and it incentivizes the individual miners to act in good faith. Otherwise they will be uh, penalized in terms of, of rewards distributed. And, it, and just to be clear, this is not uh, in operation yet. They're testing it, they want feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, so we linked to, uh, we actually, we linked to the Bitcoin Magazine article, which does a really good job, I think, explaining it. Um, Shout out Aaron Van Weerdum. Yeah, and then in that magazine article, there's also the actual release. Yeah, so on top of the 
the block template stuff, I mean, that's, that's only one of the benefits, right? It's also helping, uh, become more efficient. I believe the, the data that will be the bandwidth that will be consumed, excuse me, will be cut in half. Uh, if it's not encrypted, if it's, or excuse me, if it is encrypted, it'll be cut in half. If it's not encrypted, it'll be cut by more than 50%. And then, uh, the way this protocol is set up, it'll, uh, it'll make it so there's less, uh, infrastructure sunk cost for, for these big mining operations too. They're, they're helping, uh, uh, lessen the burden for for overhead and stuff like that yeah there's a bunch of efficiency gains that are bundled in there that are a little over my pay grade but are good to see yeah and um no again like going back to the point during the segue like if you are building on bitcoin you have a direct incentive to make this better and if this protocol proves uh to work in the wild like this is a huge upgrade again fucking massive massive the pool operators are one of our biggest uh at least like short term threats. Yes. Um, and, and if, if you were going to try and censor Bitcoin transactions, like that's who you would go to. Yeah. You try and pressure the pool operators. Yeah. And again, just it's the beauty of the incentive system of Bitcoin. Like again, slush has been mining since 2011, I believe they were the first, uh, Bitcoin mining pool. They've been, uh, some people say they're, they're altruistic miners and just have always had, uh, what they believe of Bitcoin's best interests at heart and are just down for the cause too. So when a lot of people talk about hypothetical mining attacks in the future and stuff like that, I think people like slush are discounted in those arguments. I, I think like smart pool operators understand that there's, well, I hope that smart pool operators will understand that there's a benefit here to not having that power. Like you don't want to be able to be coerced in the first place. No one man should have all that power. I mean, we obviously like people like Antpool will disagree with that because they, the power is a benefit to them. But yeah. Um, you know, as long as we can get like a decent sizable amount of the hash over, that's, that's a big win. We yeah. don't need everyone. It's opt-in. Yeah. So again, very bullish, I think. And this is like, so that's something do you think there's enough hype around it? Like, do you, do you think people were as excited of this as they should be? Like, or is this something that just goes underscored and it's one of those things that looks boring to people? It's one of those things that you get super hyped if you've been paying attention. Like, we've been talking about it nonstop, right? Um, but it's not as glamorous. It's not a, like a glamorous hype line. Yeah. Um, I feel like more people are talking about like Pornhub getting banned from PayPal than Stratum V2. So. This, is tr- this is correct. Exactly. Yeah, so Pornhub got a... How are they not already banned by PayPal? I, I was know. so surprised. I was like, I just assumed that they were already banned. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, now now Pornhub can't pay their... Uh, their their actors. Yeah, I guess. Their actors. I didn't realize they were even paying people. Uh, I haven't been on Pornhub in a while. I don't know. But anyway, anytime PayPal blocks someone, it's... Uh, an advertisement for Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, that's this is why we Bitcoin. Bitcoin enables you to receive uh, money that you may not otherwise be able to receive using the traditional uh, money avenues that we have in the world. And as I said in the Arbed Out podcast, um, the killer use case of Bitcoin is going to be VR prostitutes, sex workers. <laughs> that's a dis- that's too despotic. It's too dystopian. Excuse me, not despotic. Um, I don't know if I want. Anyway, to. Stratum like the, V2. Yeah, let's let's stay on that for a little bit. Like you just had like minor. I just had minority report flashbacks, uh, or a flash two minority report when he's like walking through that that VR thing. And they, they with, the, with the advertisements and stuff. No, that was in the train station. But when he's 
got to meet the guy who I think hooks him up with the guy who changes his face. His eyes, right? Yeah. Because the ads can view your eyes. Yeah. Um, which is actually a good segue. Minority Report, they're talking about it here in the U.S., like facial recognition for Subway Station. I'm not sure exactly which one. but um, Our Subway Station. Is it New York? They added it. They definitely added cameras over all the turnstiles because they're trying to enforce the turnstile jumping. Yeah. Yeah, somebody actually did tweet a picture of that at, uh, it was pretty at me bad. last week. Yeah. yeah. Wear your hat. Wear your hat. The good thing about winters in New York is you can get away with wearing a face mask and people don't think you're going to, I guess at least if you're white, and people <laughs> don't think you're going to rob the place. Yeah. I don't know. It's whatever. I haven't noticed that too big of a difference. I was on the subway this morning. I mean, there's cameras everywhere. Yeah. In, in just in New York in general. Yeah, we are very surveilled here. I don't know how I feel about it. How do you feel about it? Horrible. Do you, though? You don't move. It's, it's a necessary evil right now. <laughs> Wouldn't have met you if I didn't live here. That's true. No, that is the... Wouldn't have met a lot of Bitcoiners if I didn't live here. The love-hate relationship with New Yorker is stronger. Um, speaking of growing stronger... Maybe some Bitcoin developers going to get grow stronger because uh, a seventy-five million dollar Bitcoin development pond fund just apparently hopped out of the blue. Unknown fund is called. But it's not specifically for Bitcoin projects. It's specific. Oh, excuse me for anonymity. Yeah, it's for, for privacy, privacy projects. For privacy, but they're paying me. out in Bitcoin. Supposedly they have seventy-five million dollars. Supposedly it's a group of four channers. For for what's the like redditors? What is it? Four channers? Is that what we call them? Uh, four channers, I guess. 4chan the power of 4chan but yeah. supposedly they're going to be investing up to 75 million dollars into a bunch of different privacy projects uh just you know this is fucking awesome to see uh there is no they have not provided proof of funds uh, or anything of that sort um so take it with a grain of salt but like what's the worst thing that could happen here like they don't give any money so i just really good to see yeah yeah no it's um they released a press release today on that yeah it came out of nowhere uh Shout out to these to these four channels putting the team on the back. Seventy five million dollars. It's not a it's not a small amount of money. One one thing that's funny is like the HTML header on the someone mentioned this on Twitter. The HTML header on their website uh, says a hundred million dollar donation. And they were like, "What happened? Like, where did the twenty five million go between drafting the website and actually publishing?" It's like I don't know. Maybe they thought about doing it at like twelve k. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, if they're paying out in Bitcoin, that number could grow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so you should uh, create a long roadmap, at least a six-month roadmap, I would argue. And that $75 million bounty might get, uh, get a little higher. Um, speaking of good things all around, funding, again, very bullish week for Bitcoin. BTC Pay Server announced their partnership with DG Lab, Digital Garage Inc. Um, and this is a, a shop out of Japan, correct? This is where Nicola Dorier lives, mm -hmm. uh, works, um, and they've been big supporters of BTC Pay. Uh, he, you know, he's the head maintainer of the BTC Pay project. He was the one who did the famous tweet against BitPay. He said, "I will make you obsolete." Yeah. Um, so this is their third grant. Uh, it's just thirty thousand dollars. Fantastic to see. Uh, they joined. You know, they they were actually there from the beginning. But you know, we also have Square Crypto and. Uh, async uh, ACINQ contributing as well so that's just great to see we, you, everyone all the freaks know that we fucking love BTC pay very 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 important project in this space um, so it's fantastic to see that they're not short on funding no yeah and huge shout out to digital garage it's like a cool you know, check out their site if you uh, 
they link to it in the BTC Pay uh, announcement. It's again this DG Lab, excuse me, Digital Garage Lab out of Japan. It's uh, basically just investing in good Bitcoiners. They support Bitcoiners outside of BTC Pay, um, and then they uh, support people working on AI, VR, security, biohealth. And they're working on Liquid too. They're they're working with Blockstream on I think uh, a, a Japanese yen project on uh, Liquid. Interesting. Yeah. What type of just? Did you see Tether announce Tether Gold? I did. We didn't have Bit this Phoenix, on the list. Bitfinex announced it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Tether t- Bitfinex are the same thing. Yeah. So Tether Tether Gold is coming. Um, as with all these gold tokens, and as with Tether itself, you have to rely on a trusted third party. Uh, yeah, so they're going to back uh, this digital currency with, with gold, right? One-to-one? It's, yeah, it's like Tether, but it's just going to be gold instead of U.S. dollars. Yeah. Uh, the interesting part isn't that, because I don't think gold-backed, I don't even think USD-backed uh, stablecoins are interesting. But the, the interesting thing about that is that Tether feels, you know, Tether's had its back against the wall for the last four years. It's interesting that they feel that comfortable enough to expand here doesn't it make sense though they're getting all like if they're somehow able to get their hands on a hoard of gold um while they can't access their u.s dollars and (laughs) banks like crypto capital isn't that the next logical step it's like all right we can't get any bank accounts let's just fucking buy a vault and get some fucking gold yeah yeah maybe i i wondered like is it easier to hold billions of dollars in gold or us dollars is probably pretty hard to do both right yeah and i'm not they could easily just be um using brinks or something some brinks vault around the world and and i would imagine that seems like it may be easier to shut down than than a bank account yeah i don't know it should be interesting to watch i don't think it's really it's just tan it was just tangential to the jpy stablecoin. yeah um yeah, so Bitfinex. I mean, it, again, yeah, it is interesting. There, you got the, the long dick of the law chasing them down, and they're not not stopping, not slowing down at all. It seems at least. Um, oh yeah, we talked about that that tether fud last week too. What? Te- oh yeah, Uh-oh. the recycled tether fud again, dude. This is definitely this might be the most bullish week of the year. Like I wrote about this. Uh, a it's co- like secretly bullish. Yeah, because you know, it's not really as you were saying. It's not mainstream hype stuff yeah and this so what i'm alluding to here is something i wrote about in the event uh, i believe on monday is polar uh, jamal james who i believe is a new york city bitcoin right or he did the chain code labs this summer yeah uh chain code residency this summer excuse me um he came out with this uh this app polar which allows you to create uh, lightning network reg test setups and basically test out uh create your own lightning networks and test out how it would work if you're building on lightning um, really, really good uh, GUI. It was uh, click and drag. All the major implementations, you yeah. know, C Lightning, LND, yeah. uh, Eclair. Yeah, so... And you can just drag and drop. It's, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. It's going to make it way easier to develop on Lightning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw uh, Carla Kirkcohen. Shout out to Carla. I officially announced her job at Lightning, I believe, today or yesterday. Um but she quote tweeted Jamal's announcement and said, like, I, I just threw out like three things I was working on separately because Polar just made this a lot easier. So it seems to have be having an immediate impact, which is fully what you open say. source. Yeah. Like seeing developer tooling like this is extremely important. Um, and just in general, I've noticed that the developer community seems like very excited about building on top of Lightning. Yeah. Um, it's a easier environment to build on than 
than uh, than Bitcoin protocol seems. <laughs> and again, going back to the feedback loop and the incentives to provide this stuff, like now that this tooling exists, it will expedite development on that. And then that'll, again, so people worry about Bitcoin's fee market. Let's just have a little tangent on Jevons paradox, right? So people worry about the fee market uh, coming to fruition uh, on at the Bitcoin protocol level. Obviously, the, ha the reward is getting halved every... 210,000 blocks and uh, as many of you freaks out there listening to this right there know there's a lot of FUD about future free markets developing and seeing this development happening happening on lightning right now and these tools being built on lightning right now while we have this block reward I am not worried about it at all because if lightning does well I'm more I mean I shouldn't say it at all but I well, the fudgsters are afraid that all the transactions move to lightning right well that's and then the fudster like that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Because then you you have to still open and close channels. So if Lightning is creating this, this is me explaining Jevin's paradox. <laughs> if Lightning is creating this utility and uh, people are using it, it creates demand for the underlying product that uh, enables that, which is block space. The you got to settle on chain. The opening and closing of channels. So it's if the utility of the Lightning network works, it will drive demand for the underlying product that it uses, which is block space. And also, as C our boy CK likes to point out, uh, even though the block reward keeps having in Bitcoin terms, it keeps going up in USD terms. Yes. So there's that as well. Yes. Um, very, very, very important to remember. Um, so yeah, again, dude, very bullish week. This is you, Boltathon. Two online lightning conferences this weekend. Well, no, no, it's December eight, 6th this to December 8th. It's their second... Boltathon. So the first Boltathon happened, I think, in April. Uh, that's actually where Bottle Pay was born out of because they have a hackathon and uh, disclosure, I'm an advisor for Bottle Pay. <laughs> uh, but like a lot of dope projects came out of the first one. What's really cool is this fully online conference and it has this hackathon component. So anyone around the world can participate. Uh, they can participate anonymously or pseudonymously. Uh, like that's fucking dope. Like I want to see more online conferences, right? Like that is. We, more online conferences, less meet space conferences. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. And uh, just for the sole fact that I hate traveling, and um, and from a privacy perspective and an accessibility perspective, it's insane, right? Because you can do this. Uh, I, I think they charge a price, but it's a minimal price compared to airfare or something to that effect. Airbnb or hotel and yada yada yada. Yeah, and it's and it, it's also more efficient, like you said. Like that's if anything, like. We don't need to go travel to all these centralized locations and meet up. We can meet on the internet like we do when we build Bitcoin. And it, <laughs> it, it allows you to announce your conference less than a month ahead of time. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so go check that out. We'll link to that uh, December 5th. I don't know why I said it was this weekend. Sixth through eighth. Sixth through eighth. <laughs> <laughs> but there will be a link. Yeah. Um, and if you're a Zap iOS user, version 0 0.5.0 has been released, and it's got Tor support, improved UI, UX, and bug fixes. Uh, I have upgraded to that, and it is beautiful. So the it's the, huge. It's only three pages now too. So you just um, you swipe. It's swiping functionality, and there's three screens. Uh, the channel management looks a lot smoother now. Tor's obviously the Tor support is fucking huge. Yeah, Tor support's huge. Everyone should be running their nodes through Tor. Um, it's been very difficult to get Tor prepackaged in apps on iOS and fully noted really pushed the way here. Um, I think that helped out the Zap team as well. Um, so it's, 
it's really fucking good to see. So now you're able to just run Zap. It has Tor built in. Connect back to your Tor node at home or at your office or wherever it is. And because of that, you don't have to forward any ports or run a VPN or anything to access your node from home. Um, so that's pretty fucking... And all in a beautiful UX package, as we've come to expect with Zap. Yes. So shout out to Jack Mallers and team. Keep putting the team on your back. Um, and this is something I wanted to talk about because it mining is infinitely fascinating to me. HUD8, which is a Canadian company, more importantly, a publicly traded Canadian company. Um, and they released their third quarter numbers last week and pretty impressive. They've got a team of 11 people, I believe. They're a mining, they're a mining firm. Yeah, they're a mining company. They, so they have big mining operations up in Canada. And uh, again, they released a quarterly report from the third quarter. And it's pretty insane what they're doing for a small team of 11. And mining is uh, derided, or excuse me, derided by a lot of the investors in the space as something you don't want to get into. But it seems like this small team has uh, found something out. They Their third quarter... EBITDA was something like $15 million, close to $15 million, which is pretty crazy. Bringing yeah, the margins were way better than I expected. Mar- they had a 58% margin, profit margin on mining. That's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and they're adding to their Bitcoin stash too. So they have like their, how many Bitcoin they're accumulating in their, in their, it shows it publicly. Yeah. They went- so they're like kind of like a quasi, they're a way to get Bitcoin exposure too publicly on. The yeah. yeah if you, I actually looked it up. I, can't, I couldn't buy it. Uh, I tried on Robinhood. I have not tried on Cash App yet. I will. I, wonder, I bet you TD Ameritrade offers it. Disclosure, Cash App is a sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> uh, TD Ameritrade, you can get it, you think? Yeah, I would, that, that makes sense. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'm, I'll take a look. I just took a I'll look. I'll report up. back on next RHR. That's yeah. who I use. No, so shout out to HUD8. Um, it seems to be profitable for them. They, they added to their stash. I believe they, their stash was like 3,000 Bitcoin or something. Because like they've definitely bought Canadian stocks before on TD. Um, yeah, I bought Mene. Mene is a Canadian stock. Yeah. So if you're on TD. That lost me a ton of money. <laughs> Fucking thank you, Nick Carter, for shilling that one to me. <laughs> Shout out. Was he shilling the stock or the product? Both. <laughs> I, I, the product is pretty nice, even though they accept Bitcoin. It's like gold jewelry. I think we've talked about it on the podcast. Uh, but but it turns out the CEO like hates Bitcoin. He's like a Peter Schiff type. Yeah, Roy Sebag. Yeah. He, uh, big gold. Yeah, he's a... An entrenched gold bug. And you can't run a profitable company, apparently. <laughs> Matthew. Matthew, let's be nice to Roy. We want to be a Bitcoiner one day. <laughs> one day, one day. Right. I'm thinking about picking up a pinky ring. Would that be too too much? I think pinky rings are pretty cool. I really, the jewelry is dope. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like what pretty... the Bitcoin rabbi said, right? Is that we should be using gold for jewelry. Yeah, yeah. We should be flaunting. We should be flaunting. It's uh, it's an incredible, it's an incredible metal. Oh, so this was fucking huge. Did this was this on your radar? The 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 court case, the federal court case. Uh, it was not until people started tweeting about it. Uh, or yeah. actually, somebody sent it. Somebody that I work with sent it to me in Slack yesterday. So yeah. So this will make my travel a little bit less stressful. Stress, yeah. Even though you have to assume it's going to happen anyway. Uh, the EFF won a court case uh, that they were helping helping to fund uh, that it ruled. It's unconstitutional to search travelers' devices at U.S. borders uh, without any suspicion. Uh, so that's become much more frequent of a, a thing that's ha- been happening both in the U.S. and abroad. Um, basically to the point where when you travel, you should assume all your devices will either be taken, uh, will be taken and attempted to 
be compromised and and used and and they might not even give it to you give it back to you uh, it's one of the reasons why you should never travel with hardware wallets um yeah so this is a huge court case let's see if you know it, it it's it's good to see uh but they can obviously they can create suspicion whenever they want to create suspicion you know you, um the famous oh i smell weed yeah I smell some smells. Yeah, I smell some smells. I smell some smells. Actually, this is this is important, freaks. Know your rights. One time, I was down in uh in St. Louis, Missouri, while in college for a, a lacrosse road trip. Um, with Al. With Al? No, not that, <laughs> that dirtbag Al was not with us. Um, we were we were driving down, uh, to St. Louis from Chicago, and the Blackhawks were in the Stanley Cup Finals. So before we went to bed in our hotel, we were down there for a lacrosse tournament. We went to a Buffalo Wild Wings to watch a game. Over the course of three hours, I had one beer, and I was tasked with I was uh, coaching at that point because I had too many concussions to play. So being the responsible coach, I had one beer. Um, and we were literally driving a quarter mile down the road to uh, our hotel, and we got I got siphoned into a DUI checkpoint, and uh, – the officer smelled some smells. That's actually exactly what he said. He was like, I smell some smells. I was driving my buddy's car, um, and he wanted to do a, a breathalyzer. And the thing you know about a breathalyzer, if you blow anything, they're going to, or like, if you say, so I told him I wasn't drinking. I was like, ah, and then, nah. Because if you say you had one beer, then they assume you had more than one. Yes, exactly. Um, so I said I wasn't drinking, and then he was like, all right, I don't want to give you a breathalyzer. And know your rights. They cannot make you give a breathalyzer in most states, I'm pretty sure. And this was one of them. So I was like, no, I know. Since I They at least could have to bring you back to the station, Yes, right? exactly. Um, well, this is actually, it's funny how it worked out. Uh, so I refused the breathalyzer. They made me do a sobriety test, like ABCs. Did you have to do the ABCs backwards? ABCs backwards. I can't do that. Counting on my fingers. I, just, I had torn my ACL like less than six months earlier. Never got it fixed. I'd like stand on one leg with my uh, my other leg like six inches in the air while I was doing like the, the eye uh, flashlight test. This dude was trying to get me so bad. Passed with flying colors. You told him you had, you had torn your ACL? Yeah, but he didn't care. Um, and... So I passed, and then he like still tried to make me do the breathalyzer. I was like, dude, we're going to that hotel now. And he was like, I'm not giving you the keys back. I was like, I'll fucking walk to the hotel. It's right there. Like, I'll come pick up the keys tomorrow. And then he was like, if any of these guys, they told me they were drinking. If they blow be, below .08, I'll let them go. My buddy just stepped up, blew like a .02 or something like that, and gave him the keys, and we went away. Know your rights. Wait, a .02 he blew, right? Yeah, yeah. A .2. No, no, ridiculous. .02. No, you'd be blacked out. Okay. Um but know your rights. Know your rights. Don't be afraid to talk back. Wait, so he ended up breathalyzing my passenger? friend who, yeah, who admitted to drinking and he blew below 0.08 and he let him drive. <laughs> Shit's whack, man. Right? It's insane. It's a police state. Uh, exactly. Like DUI checkpoints. We were literally just walking, riding, driving our car a quarter mile down the road to our hotel and these, uh, these cones just come out of nowhere and, and like cattle herd us into the right lane. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And it's like, hey. You got to fucking blow into this thing. I was like, what the fuck? Same with like immigration checkpoints and shit like that. Yeah. Know your rights. Uh, Am I being detained? And you see like Hong Kong is spiraling out of control in in regards to police state. Yeah. I saw, I saw a video of like riot cops intimidating like fucking middle school girls, like lining them up, checking their bags and shit like that. And full, full like military gear. All the universities closed. I think they're like. A bunch of universities are getting barricaded now. There's three tunnels that go to 
Hong Kong and two of them are closed for service. The subways are delayed or closed in a bunch of stations. Fucked up shit. Yeah, yeah. It's um, power, power to to all those fighting in Hong Kong. And around the world, we got Boli- there's you. something going on. There's like a coup going on in Bolivia. Yeah. Apparently a lithium deal did not get signed, and there was a coincidental coup not too long after it. And there's their president. U.S. led. Yeah, their president's getting docs of porn videos on on Twitter. And she's like a heavy Christian president. Too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's going to be like a Christian hardline president. Like you should yeah. do sex tapes. Yeah, it's not good. Um, uh, Chile, Chile actually. I'm dropping an episode on Chile on Saturday. We're going to have a special Saturday episode this week. I checked in with uh, with Patrick Dugan, uh, who's been living down in Chile for six years. We sort of went over the history of Chile and how it's gotten to the point it is, but I caught up with him on DMs yesterday, and he said it's calmed down quite a bit there because he himself was uh, subjected to like curfew and police state-like shit, and he, you'll hear it in the podcast. As an American who who has moved to Chile and lived there for six years. It was startling to him to see how, how rapid it, it devolved into like a police state. I saw some videos, some really moving videos of the protests. Oh, did you see the drone? Yeah. The, the laser were, drone? They were shooting it with green lasers to take down That's the That's crazy. So what, what does that do? Does that just confuse the camera? I think it just screws up the camera. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was like the operator not able to see where he's going. He doesn't know he's going like, to the ground. Like, like, or is yeah, it just like kill? The whole the screen sh- is green. Yeah. yeah. And and possibly damages the camera and then it just doesn't even work. Yeah. No, that was crazy. And then you're, just, you're flying cr- blind, right? Yeah, but it was like, it's, it's like, it's literally like a fucking, uh, like Harry Potter. Like it looked like a wand, like yeah. c- then, catching it. And, and Hong Kong was the guys who led the way on that one. Yeah. Yeah. The really, so it's the, the vast, the, this information travel where you, you could get broadcast around the world so easily uh, is is helping all of these protest movements arm each other uh, through their tactics, which is really powerful to see. Is 2019 the year of the protester? You know, uh, didn't time put like the year of the protester during the uh, Arab Spring? When was the Arab Spring? Like five years ago? That was... No idea. No, I feel like that was... Yeah, it was like 2011, 2000. I think protest... Was like, the Arab I, Spring around like... Uh, uh, was that around the financial crisis too? I don't yeah, know. you know, we just see inequality continue to increase around the world um, and the global communications get better and better. I think we'll see more and more protest movements and they'll be, better, more, they'll be more successful. It's easier to mobilize people now than ever before without a central authority. Yeah, the Arab Spring technically started on uh, December 18, 2010. Yeah, like Time Magazine, person of the year that year was like Arab Spring protester. Yeah. Keep fighting out there, freaks. And know your rights. Stand up for your rights. And more importantly, know your rights. And then when tasked with uh, a confrontation with authority, apply your rights. Know them and have the confidence to apply them. Um, We're going to end it on this. Maybe a little short rip today after a really long one last week. Uh, Fed Chairman Powell was... uh, giving testimony in front of Congress or was it the House of Representatives yesterday? Not sure. Um, Crazy speech though. Yeah. He said the federal budget is on an unsustainable path with high and rising debt. Uh, basically and ringing the warning bells of you guys uh, cannot keep this up for too much longer. You no, know, and he took the further stance of saying that they might not be, they're not prepared or equipped to do anything uh, in the case of a recession. Yeah which is pretty fucking crazy. 
Yeah. And then you had Trump this week too at a speech begging for negative interest rates. Literally. Did you begging. see like that intro video of him? Oh my god! Fucking crazy. It, he's well. It's crazy. Remind but me of idiocracy. Right. Well. Right. Remind you of idiocracy. Oh god damn! It was. But like that's what they have to cater to, right? It was like a pump up speech of him walking in. It was like a wedding or a bar mitzvah video or something. No, it looked. No, it looked like a. Uh, it looked like a college recruit video. Yeah. Announcement video. <laughs> That's exactly what it looked like. <laughs> Craziness. Yeah. Um, I had two quick shout outs I wanted to do. Uh, there was uh, Citizen Bitcoin. Uh, Brady at Citizen Bitcoin recommended this new BBC podcast. It's like a like Chernobyl. It's like a special series. So it's an independent podcast. You can search it by going by searching Crypto Queen um, in your podcast app of choice. Uh, it's pretty crazy. It, it, it's like eight part episode on the one coin scam. Um, and I'm like on episode three, shit is fucking insane. I had like, I really had, I had no idea like how big this shit was. Yeah. Billions of dollars. People lost everything. They shielded it to their friends and family, lost everything. And it just reminds us like, uh, like why it's so important to call out scams in this space, uh, because people get hurt at the end of the day yeah, and they're like uninspected you know unsuspected naive investors uh, who don't know any better and like even in the episode she talks about like they talked to one of the victims and she talks about this guy like this bitcoiner reached out to her and they have a recording of their first conversation and he's telling her it's a scam and she's just defending it or whatever and he is so emotional about it it just reminded me of, it reminded me of bitcoiners in general he's so emotional he's like it's a fucking scam i've been researching it i'm telling you this i'm telling you that there's no blockchain um i don't know you guys you should definitely listen to yeah, it yeah i've got to check it out and I then it yet. the other shout out was this uh this nice lightning proof of concept we saw this week called kumo.chat uh which is a self-destructing chat room uh, that you pay for with Bitcoin, with Lightning. 10,000 sats gets you to a 24-hour chat room, and then you can send the invite link to anyone. Uh, it is, it's not encrypted or anything, so you know, don't use it for anything mission critical, but it's just a really cool proof of concept. I, it's just cool that you don't have to sign in or give any kind of personal information, especially if you use like a VPN or Tor. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Um, and then thank you for reminding me. We actually had a shout-out this week. Uh, would have been remiss if I forgot to do this. So nothing to shill, just love and support support for my boys. Pod is always thought-provoking and provocatively entertaining. Uh, you guys are entertained by this? Hope to throw back some whiskey with you, fellas, soon. Once my fiat job stops being so fiat, Ben, at Mr. Cool BP. At Mr. Cool B Ben, thank Fuck you. Yes. It was a pleasure. Hey, you do have to come back to New York. We have to drink more whiskey, eat more burgers. Had a lot of fun our first time eating there. Thank you, Ben. Yeah. We appreciate it. We appreciate you too. I'm, I'm flattered that you guys are entertained by this. Al does. We're not entertaining Al at all. Al loves us. Does he? Al, should we make up? Do we need to get Al on the podcast? Time will tell. He's, I hope his voice is uh, what it sounds like in my head. <laughs> what does his voice sound like in your head? I mean, I sounds like Al. It's, I feel like I've known him my whole life. Yeah, Uncle Bad Touch. We used to call him in lacrosse field. We're going to end it there, freaks. Stay humble, stack sets. Peace and love.